Hey guys, welcome back to the 501st Comcast with me, Rory, and my good friend and co-host. Well, how are we all doing, guys? And as you can tell, we it's our first video one, but we also have a guest with us. Hi everybody, my name is Jonah, happy to be here. And if you haven't seen our bonus episode, Jonah was my troop of the week, and then obviously we thought we'd ask him to get involved in the attempt episode and he was very very excited to join us so we thank jonah for being here yeah yes no, I'm, I'm super excited to be here so obviously if you don't have like video then you'll just be listening to this like a normal podcast but we're going to try and get this out on a video platform as well so like youtube or something so you can you guys can actually see our little episode for a change which would be quite cool yeah, so um, uh, basically our episode today, we're going to talk about Kenobi. Obviously, it's the most, it's one of the most seen shows around at the minute. And episode three, I think we've got we've got a lot to talk about. So we're going to do episode three breakdown, but um, and then we're going to talk about Jonah's like history with them um, Star Wars and his favorite collection that he's got. And then we're going to do we're going to talk about the sequels, which is a very heated conversation, I should say, in 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 the Star Wars universe, but. And then we'll do the classic ship of the week and uh, troopers of the week, and then we, you know, whoever listens to us, you know, you know the deal for what we do. Yeah. But um, first of all, we got a debate question, which I, I had a question, I debated a few weeks ago, but we never actually fully answered the question because me and Will, we know, we, us, us, we do, we just like to go off topic too much. We like talking about we everything. We forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jonah, so Jonah, we're going to ask you first. Okay. Um, the, the question, the debate, it's fine. Don't worry. But the debate <laughs> question actually was, what would, what do you think would happen to Anakin if the Jedi Council rejected Obi Wan's permission to train to train Anakin? Oh, that was a that's a good question. I it's, think it's by that stage, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a good one. I think by that stage, it might have been too. It might have been too late in some way shape or form because he'd already been to Coruscant, he had seen the temple he had met with the council and he'd got a taste for the Jedi life and I think he would have wanted to have stayed in that world I don't think he would have went back to Tatooine and carried on like once before so I think it would have, I don't know, I don't want to say it would have been a similar path but I definitely think he would have somehow found a way to becoming not maybe necessarily a Jedi, but most definitely using the Force and having that be his mission in life. Um, I always sort of believe in Star Wars that for some reason Darth Vader is like a complete sort of, as I say in Marvel terminology, a Nexus event, something that always would have happened no matter what would have <laughs> yeah. went on. He was always going to become Darth Vader. Um, so I think in some way, shape or form, he would have found a way to be Vader. And maybe he would have been Vader sooner. He he was super, you know, we, we know Anakin was a super angry character. So he could have become Vader even sooner. Maybe if he had joined the council and got some training, he could have let in his anger much quicker. So it would definitely be interesting to see. But that's a, that's a hard question. That one. Do, do you think um, Palpatine's plan would have gone as planned still? Or would it just have been completely different? I think he definitely would have tried. I think, I don't think, I think had Anakin not have been in the scene, I think, I think Palpatine would have done exactly what he would have done. I don't necessarily believe that Palpatine based his whole plan around Anakin. I think Anakin happened to be the most perfect component for the plan, but I think he would have tried to carry it out 
would it have been as successful? Possibly not. Um, had he have stuck with just having Dooku or anybody else, you know, Grievous or anybody, you know, it may not have been as successful, but I do think Palpatine would have carried on with the plan that we saw in the films. I don't think anything was stopping that plan. He had planned that for years and years and years and years and years before Anakin. He would have gained this one, it's... Uh... <laughs> what do you think? What What do you think, Will? Uh, I think it's interesting because obviously Obi Wan says to Yoda, doesn't he? He's like, "I will train him," you know. And if he's basically saying, "If you don't allow me to train him, I'll do it by myself anyway." Like, so I think he would have still sort of been a Jedi in that aspect because I don't, I feel like the Council probably were like we can't really afford to lose obi-wan and this chosen one possibly you know so i think it i think in the end somehow he would have ended up back into uh sort of the arms of the jedi maybe in a different way than we see in the sort of you know films and series but He'd he'd have still been around it, I believe. I think so too. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree both here. I think no matter what, Anakin would have still come Vader. He still would have. I think maybe not with the Jedi Council's approval, but I think Obi Wan would have secretly trained him. And like, but if if we if we talk about say like if the Jedi Council didn't approve to it, do, do you think? Like he would have become like a bounty hunter, or would he come already a Sith? What do you guys think? I think if he was going to be something different than a Jedi, you know, he might have fallen into the, he might have fallen into the arms of um Dooku, like uh you know like Ventress did. Yeah. Because obviously, I think Dooku would have used the whole, Qui Gon was my apprentice, you know, I think you should join me. <laughs> probably did a little bit of a better recruitment job than I just did but <laughs> yeah. it'd be more convincing I... wouldn't it so... <laughs> yeah yeah. I th- I would agree with that actually I think he probably would have followed Ventress's path um, I think he would have exactly done exactly what you say I think Dooku probably would have snatched him up as we know Ventress was once a very young Jedi herself and then she disbanded from the Order so I think that's actually very plausible I like that idea a lot that Dooku would have snatched him up I think, that's, I think that's a good what if I think yeah but mm. if Dooku I was think, uh, Anakin's master yeah I think I think Anakin would be uh, no respect to Obi-Wan I think he'd be a lot more powerful into the dark side so when it's like Obi-Wan and Anakin did fight again on Mustafa I think Anakin would have won because Dooku how many times have we seen Dooku beat Kenobi just by <laughs> his short dueling skills yep Having him as a trainer, I think it 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 would be no contest for everyone, even though everyone's from the best deal list. I think with Dooku's training, I think it would be no match for him. I think you make a good point. So shall we just jump into Kenobi? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So oh. what do we think? What do we think? Let's hear, Jenna. What did you think when you first saw saw the episode? Oh, this this one was a. Uh, uh ripped your heart out a wee bit this was a lot <laughs> to take in i just sort of i very rushed the credits the full way through but i just sort of had to sit and watch the credits after this one just to digest that episode and um, i thought it was amazing 
Um, I really like the overall pacing of the whole show, but I really like the pacing of that particular episode. Um, I thought it was done very well. Um, I don't. It just really got me good. I loved it. Uh, I'm really excited to see what the show's going to do next. We're already halfway throughout the whole flipping season already, which is bonkers. Um, but I loved it. I loved it so much. What was your favourite bit, would you say? <laughs> My favourite bit's a bit of a rogue one, and um, I spoke about this very briefly on Twitter, and I might make a TikTok of it as well, that I was, I'm obsessed with the scene where him and Vader are fighting, but it is when Obi-Wan ignites his blue lightsaber and the blue light fills the screen. I, yeah. I can't get enough of that scene. I think what Deborah done and her directing was absolutely phenomenal there. I think if anybody out there has held a lightsaber, like obviously like a fake toy one or whatever, and a light up one, and you've been in the dark room swinging it about, you know that it encompasses the light of the room. And it really does. That POV shot where you're like looking through Obi-Wan's eyes and all he sees is the blade and all around him. And how Deborah made that almost scary was, oh, I love that scene so much. It's such a small thing, but I, I go back to that scene quite often already. I think it is oh, amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... It's probably my, one of my favorite like episodes of Star Wars in general. Like even even the movies, I think overall the actual the, like I said the, the the pace of the show it was slow, then it was intense, then it was slow, then it was intense, intense, intense throughout the ending. And then like you said, seeing Obi Wan with his lightsaber in his eyes, you, you almost feel like Obi Wan. Like you're you're scared of Vader. You've seen Vader. You, you don't realize Anakin's alive, and you see him in that suit for the first time. You're thinking. Shit. <laughs> what do you think, Will? I mean, yeah, as I think the whole start of the episode, I think, just told you exactly what sort of episode it was going to be. You know, you see Obi Wan sort of meditating. He's calling out to Qui Gon because he can sense Anakin, and you you get that really interesting scene of Anakin's arms and legs being sort of attached and for me I was telling Rory this the bit for me that really stood out was when the chest piece is being sort of attached to his 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 chest you see the two prongs and if you look at the size of them they're not just going to the chest and like attaching they're going into his lungs to actually help him breathe and I was just like you don't you wouldn't see this normally and i was just like this is going to be a good episode from it and i yeah i loved it Man, it I mean, was so good. you just see how much pain raided in no matter, t- matter how many times he, he puts that suit on you can just tell how much he like seeing that shows how painful it is to wear that suit it's almost like he's happier when he's in that batter tank yeah. Well, well, Vader's suit is, from what I know, designed well within Star Wars lore. You know, the suit is designed to be painful. It's designed yeah. to yeah. fuel his anger. And I think exactly what you were saying. You sort of see that in real time. You know, the suit is not by any means mechanically advanced. I think reading again, it's the technology is worth way worse than what Grievous had in terms of cybernetics, and so. The suit's definitely designed to keep Anakin in pain to fuel his anger. One thing I found weird was when they were putting the helmet on. I, we've never seen it before, and I'm sure it works out fine, but it's sort of, they put the helmet on with the bucket on the top, and we've never seen that before. I thought that was a bit strange. Usually that's the headpiece, and then the the bucket gets put on last, and this was the first time we sort of saw it all going on as one 
Alma, which I it sort of was like, oh, that's a bit strange. That made me it, think about it. It was um, almost like a completely different design helmet when you look at it. It's like the front piece of the jaw sort of attached with the bottom bit. And then, like you said, yeah. the headpiece with the crown sort of came in and like already one attached. Go. Like, mm-hmm. but... I think, I think it's, it's probably designed to, to make it look like it's more intense. Because obviously, with the technology we have now, obviously compared to New Hope, um, that uh, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, it probably worked better if it did one bit and then one bit. But obviously, with the technology we have now, it's probably better. Just maybe, like maybe in the New Hope, the maintenance broke down. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing that the thing that struck me the most is obviously when um, obviously we go back to like I said the wheel. Like I've always wanted to see a brutal Vader. Because <laughs> obviously we know in the comics and everything we see how brutal he is, but with Palpatine, obviously, the, the, like you said, Jonah, when he made the suit, obviously Palpatine. I've, I've seen it in a comic, but I don't know which one it is. But um, Palpatine saw didn't see Vader as much as anything else as a as a servant now because he lost to Obi Wan. Because obviously we see in Revenge of the Sith that he's like to Yoda that he'll come more powerful than any of us. But because Obi Wan trained him since he was a young boy, he knew how to beat him. And like Palpatine thought, well, if he can't beat Obi Wan, then what's he used to me? Oh, I know what I can abuse his power, and then I'm going to with Vader's suit. It's just it was just so brutally like how much pain Anakin actually is in that suit. But then um, like I said, going back to the most that scene that like felt for me is when I see him walking down the street. And some bloke's giving it the big one, and Vader's like, "No, no, I'll get out of here." I'm talking, and then the kid. I mean, I've, I, I said to Will, I think I'm pretty sure it's a Disney show, right? I would not have seen a kid get his neck snapped by Vader. It was brutal. And, and I, 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 I remember I was watching it with my dad and my mum, and my mum turned up to me, turned to me, and I was just smiling the whole way through. I shouldn't, I shouldn't really smile when someone's neck gets snapped. <laughs> But seeing Vader being as brutal as we've seen him in the comics and the stories, it it brought. I I think I almost cry to be honest because it's Vader. Like you want, like we see him. We want to see him as brutal as we could. We need to see how powerful he actually is. And then seeing Reva's face, thinking, "Wang on, bit too much." Like, am I really? <laughs> am I really cut out for this? Is what I got the impression of. A, I don't know if you guys thought the same or. Yeah. I mean that, I think, like I you think just said. Bit, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, I was just gonna say, like that scene you said when, as soon as the neck is sort of snapped, you see Reaver's face, and that's literally the next shot, and she's like, uh, okay, um, <laughs> and she's the one who's prepared, who said maybe you're not going far enough to the fifth brother, you know, and even that shocked her. So, you know. What do you think, Jonah? Just uh, for the Reva part, I think Reva, up until this point, hadn't had much interaction with Vader. I don't think many of them did. And I think this is probably one of the first time Reva had seen him in action. And I think she was scared of him. I think she realized his full potential. And I think she was really realized how menacing he is and how he will take nothing. And I think it sort of harkened back to the threat that he made, made to Reva when he was talking about Obi-Wan. It was like, if you do this, you'll become Grand Inquisitor. If you don't do this, you know, I'll have your life. 
And I think maybe at that point, Reva was like, okay, whatever, sure. Da, da, da. <laughs> and then when they get to here and she sees how brutal he is, he's, she's like, oh, he's, he, he means, he means that statement. He will, he will really kill me. He will do me in. So I think she was deaf. I think she was genuinely scared of seeing Vader's raw power for the first time. But that scene was just crazy. Absolutely crazy. That's what I think. I think in the comics as well, like the Quizzes don't seem to respect Vader. They think like he's, he's, he's just been given what he did. And I think as a one comic book, I don't know which one it is. I don't really, I need to read more, but um, he literally kills a few Quizzes just to prove his dominance because they think they're better than what he is. Yeah. And like, and like I said, when, when Reaver's like, Oh God! Do I really want? Do I really want to be in with Vader? But I was, I was, I wouldn't say a surprise, but I really enjoyed seeing um Mustafa is is in Vader's castle because I've mm-hmm. always seen it in in comics, but seeing it in live action, it just shows how intimidating it actually is. If you if you want to go there, I wouldn't want to go there. Too far. <laughs> I don't think it's on Airbnb. <laughs> it might be cheap though. It, it, it might be cheap. <laughs> One star, so, very hot. <laughs> but like I, th- I mean I thought sorry go ahead go ahead Jonah I thought for a second when we saw Mustafar it didn't click with me when we saw the lava for the first time I was panicking I was like are we going to get a revenge of Sith flashback here are we going to do and then it turned off and I was like oh it's just the castle we're okay I wasn't emotionally ready for a revenge of Sith flashback here um, but the castle looked I see um, I mean the castle was it looks amazing from the outside and then um, the inside, we didn't really see much. I liked seeing his throne room and like the big window and stuff. But I want to explore more of Vader's castle. I, I, they explore it quite a lot in the comics when they go underground, and that's where Vader sort of ignites his red fiber crystal and stuff of that nature. But I would love to see it more explored more in um, live action because in Rogue One we just got like a hallway sort of scene when Krennic goes and visits, and then in this we got his sort of like little room with the big window. I just really want to see more of it because like, mm-hmm. it looks amazing. Going on to that point that you said about Revenge of the Sith uh, sort of throwback, we sort of get uh, one of our first predictions right that you called when you said you wanted to see more of Hayden outside of the suit. And we get that little little, uh, hint where he turns around and he's in his sort of Jedi robes that uh, Obi-Wan is uh, hallucinating. And at first I I had to pause it and was like, is that... Is that Hayden? <laughs> and then I was like, oh my god, it's Hayden. <laughs> that scene was super, I, I mean, I can't, it's, it's really, what's the right word? I don't know. It was like spooky. It was scary. It was uh, really well shot. And I think uh, um, McGregor's acting really played up the whole scene. I think he really went for it in that scene of being complete shock and horror of seeing Anakin. Um, and I believed it for a second almost. I was like, oh my goodness, there's Anakin standing there. And I was like, oh wait, okay, he doesn't really look like that anymore. It can't be Anakin actually standing there. Um, but it was super, it was like anonymous. It was like, it was a weird one. It was, I loved that scene though. I was really entranced when that came on. I was just like, my eyes were glued to it. I was like, what is happening here? It was very, it was very interesting to see because it's not often we've seen uh, hallucinations in that sort of sense. You know, mm-hmm. so clearly there was, Kenobi was really thinking about uh, Anakin yeah. in that scene. Rory, what do you think? I I just think like like I think me and you spoke before as well, Will, that um it wouldn't be any different even with like if we saw the voice actor of Anakin being there. I don't think we'll see how good the acting was with Ewan if Ewan if Hayden wasn't there. Because obviously we obviously we've grown up with seeing Hayden and Ewan as Obi Wan and, and Anakin. 
But I feel like just seeing Anakin there, it probably makes it, it helps you and McGregor's acting to show it out how raw passion it was. Obviously, seeing him there, but me seeing Hayden now, I was like, "Damn it, this is this this this, this show is testing me. <laughs> like, it's really it's really testing my emotions here." But uh, again, little Leia, she she does amazing again. I think she's Love probably one the, she's one of the best characters. I mean, we know the character, but character in the show, I think. Yeah, I agree. And for a character that we didn't expect to see turn up, or if we if we did think that, we didn't think they were going to have this much of a a role in the show. Yeah, she's the new man. She's a new Mandalorian. Just put her in <laughs> in the show. You know, we're good, we're good to go. So, Jonah, what did you think of uh, our first sort of uh, frack? His name is, if I believe, the the little mole driver. What did you think of him? Uh, on initial basis, I thought he was amazing. I thought he looked actually really, really incredible. I was happy to see it wasn't some form of CGI. I mean, there was CGI involved with his little tentacles, but it seemed to be quite practical effects. And I'm always for practical effects. So my initial reaction was, oh my goodness, he looks amazing. And um, But I mean, I really didn't trust him from the get-go. I mean, as soon as you saw the Imperial flag on the back there, you thought he's definitely up to something. Um, I just like the whole story point they used, though, of Leia being so young and innocent that she was ready to trust anybody here she saw a character coming up in a car asked him for help and he gave her the help that she needed but she was just like okay that's great and obi-wan had to do the lesson of um you know teaching her about everything but i love that whole scene because we find out that obi-wan has a brother apparently and mm. we got a beautiful touching scene with him and leia where he's talking about um her mother again um and everything else and that was a beautiful little scene um, so I love that and the, the stormtroopers come on it was a really lengthy scene when you think about it um, but it was uh, the interrogation with the stormtroopers by night Obi-Wan has a brother the emotional vibe it was it was a really great scene I really loved it you know what I found out about obviously with Obi-Wan's brother which is um, what Jill, this is what I found on TikTok someone said about George Lucas that Owen was supposed to be um Ewan brother mm. which would which is like um, obviously, when he said about his brother, it was supposed to be Owen Lars, which I thought was like okay, but obviously it didn't go down that way. But thinking about that, that could have been obviously Owen, Anakin, and Obi Wan as brothers. So it it could have made um, obviously Render the Sith quote that like, you are my brother more meaningful because obviously Obi Wan didn't know, may not have known. But that was I thought it was quite interesting. But like you said, yeah. When when you're saying about Obi Wan talking about his her, basically Padme was quite heartbreaking because obviously he he just knows everything he you can tell he wants to tell Leia what happened to his mother and and father but he can't because it will just it will just destroy Leia and I think we wouldn't see the character we would see in, in New Hope and the rest of and like I said seeing it more meaningful it's just like and and Obi Wan. He's so uncivilized now, isn't he? I thought, what happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> desperate times call for desperate measures, I believe is the saying. Yeah, yep. that is a good saying. And then, obviously, we see um, the the female character we haven't seen before, who's actually part is pretty much part of the resistance as such, helping Obi Wan. I think what's the name mm-hmm. Tala? Have I said it right? Have I got it completely uh, wrong? Ta- uh, Tara, I think. Tara, that's it. Yeah. I'm. I, I said the thing I said the will. I'm actually intrigued with that character. Obviously, it, it's quite like you wouldn't. I, I didn't expect it. I should have expected it, but I didn't. Obviously, she was. She was expected. She was supposed to be at the the rendezvous, 
but yeah. never turned up. And then it's basically just from there trying to get them to to the ship is where we see obviously see the Inquisitors. And I was going to say, Jenna, what do you think about the fifth brother? I want to see more. Um, he gives little great tidbits here and there, and he gets me excited, and then he just sort of disappears. <laughs> I wish he is a bit more involved in the show. Um, obviously, I'm a huge Rebels fan, so I'm very familiar with the character from the show and everything else. Um, but I just wish there's not much to go off of, really. I really like the actor who's portraying him. I mean, again, uh, similar to the Grand Inquisitor, he maybe doesn't look exactly alike, but... I enjoy the performance that the actor's given and I would just want to see more of him, really. I think he's quite menacing. I think I, I really am enjoying his relationship with Riva of him thinking he deserves the role of Grand Inquisitor. I hope they flesh that out a bit more. I mean, I would imagine like a proper lightsaber fight between, between him and Riva. Like, that would be everything. I think that would be so cool to see. Um, so, thing and everything else. Although, speaking of, too, what, I was surprised that the Grand Inquisitor didn't get touched on this episode they didn't mention the grand inquisitor's death at all which i was surprised at yeah i think i think obviously i think the whole build-up was supposed to be like reaver's like i don't think she said anything but i think she, i'd expect her to tell a lie about the inquisitor saying i died and i think because i don't think she knows quite well about her his species because mm-hmm. they have t- they have two stomachs so maybe he comes back in the next episode and maybe it's where reaver's Reba's not going to go back with the Inquisitors, obviously, with later on the show, she captures Leia, but maybe she's doing it for herself, so she's basically on the run from the Inquisitors, I don't know. Yeah, that could work. Uh, yeah, I think another thing that I noticed in the show, which I was really happy about personally, uh, I mean, technically it was a prediction I made in episode one of our podcast, wasn't it, Rory? Um, technically right. Technically, technically right. right. I I said Quin. I said Quinlan Voss was going to turn up in the show. Oh, and very good. Obviously, we get the little name drop and the little smile from Kenobi when he says Quinlan was here. Uh, and I I I strongly believe we're going to see Quinlan next episode. Oh, do you think? I hope so. I really hope so. I, I, think, I, I, think, I think we spoke. I think we spoke. Well, didn't we? When I I expect maybe. Kenobi wakes up and then Quinlan Voss is there and he maybe makes a comment saying, What's happened to you, Obi Wan? Like you ain't you ain't the Jedi I saw ten years ago. Yep. Yeah. Quinlan's such an a complex character. It's uh I I would uh, my dream would be that he would be introduced in possibly this show and so fans would be able to see him in live action and then what they would do is they would go backwards and give him his story throughout the prequels and his whole tale of him joining the dark side and falling from the light and, and getting Ayla Secura in there. I'm a big Ayla Secura fan and their relationship and everything else. And um, he has such a complex story that loads of people don't know about and sort of adapting that story from, I believe it was the Dark Horse sort of comics back in the day that sort of delved really deep into his story. So I would, I would absolutely love for him to get his own show, but I would want it set. Um, and like Clone Wars sort of era where he has this whole fall between light and the dark because it's so interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, th- I think we'll see him next episode. I'm, I'll, I'll be excited to. And I'm, I'll be interested to see what they make him out look like, what they look in, make him look like. Then maybe they might have changed his appearance due to Order 66 or would he keep his same, his same style, shall we say? I think he'd be much more rugged and ragged because 
of the way he sort of his relationship with the Jedi Order sort of ended. Um, I don't think we'll see him in any form of his Jedi gear. I think he's always been a little bit rough and ratty, Quinlan. I think he's always sort of rejected the roles and ideals of the Jedi Order and both physical and mental terminology. So I definitely think he'd have that more rugged, sandy look about him. But it would be interesting to see how he does look completely. Although, I mean, everybody always says he's in The Phantom Menace. And I think that was made canon by some comic or other at one point. I can't really remember. Um, so who knows? Yeah, I, I, I really hope we see him next episode. He, he's a character I like. And yeah, I think, I think should we get talking about the Darth Vader and Obi Wan scene? I think that has, I think that has more meaning <laughs> than we actually, we actually thought we, we knew it had. We well, I don't think any of us expected to see both of them meet in episode three. <laughs> no. No, I I think I just love the fact that Vader, Vader, no matter what, it's almost. I think I said to you, again, I said to you, Will. I think when Obi Wan ran away from Darth Vader, I think Vader was like a bit disappointed. Like, hang on, this is the guy that that took everything from me, and he's running away from me. Yeah, and we get that, you know, that whole really emotional scene where Obi Wan's there in the dark with his lightsaber, and he's just looking at. Vader and he's like, "What have you become?" <laughs> and then Vader says, "This is what you made me." Sort of. Thing. It's like oh. <laughs> Obi Wan getting hit with all the cold lines this season. <laughs> so yeah, so first he has Sassy Owen, now he's got man like Vader. I don't know what he's going to get get next, does he? He should get. It's, it's almost like a rose for Obi Wan, isn't it? This series. Oh, that that, that quote from Leia in Episode Two. Granddaughter, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think he's been for enough, but they just can't seem to. Take... But I, I think, I think, the fact, I think, I like the fact that um, we didn't get enough, uh, maybe a lot of talk from Kenobi because I think he still can't believe Vader's still alive. Like he thought he killed yeah. him. He he watched him die. He believed, and I think when when Vader was talking, I don't think Kenobi had the words to go hang on he's actually still alive I'm, and he's kicking my ass basically <laughs> yeah because I, 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 spoke, I spoke to Rory about this uh, and if you notice the fighting styles of it uh, Vader is using one hand completely offensive sort of swinging a bit like Anakin you know a little bit sort of wildly and Obi-Wan is just two hand defending because he can't do anything he can't he can't compete at all, and I think like, like I think you said Will, in the past, like, I don't think this is the battle of the, cent- the the fight of the century that we're waiting for. No, I think I think we've got I think we got maybe we might see them fight again in episode four and f- maybe the end of end of four, starting of five, because I think they wanted us to keep engaged with Vader and Kenobi. They they, they don't want to give us the full shebang on the actual fight. Because I think I think obviously we all know that Kenobi's distant from the force and it and it showed in that fight and like i said vader's obviously thinking well hang on i've been i've been following the foot like following the the rules of dark side been training i've been doing everything obviously because we all know he's, he had to train himself again wearing that suit and kenobi is almost like he's vader probably thinks that kenobi's just had a holiday hiding away in tatooine but whereas <laughs> kenobi's just literally been just cut out the force he's, he's got nothing to do with it and then all of a sudden he's asking Qui-Gon for help. 
what do you think of that battle, Jonah? I I loved it. I definitely agree with you that uh, at first I was surprised by how little dialogue there was, and I was sort of after the first view, and I was like, gosh, I would wish they would have spoke more. Um, but I, I I think it makes perfect sense that Obi Wan was just in complete shock, and he didn't really know what to say. And I quite like the parallel of Obi Wan running. Um, I think for two reasons. I think it showed how static Anakin has become and the stark contrast between when we last saw him in the prequels to doing backflips and running about and using the force as that and the other and everything else. And now we can see how very restrictive the Vader suit really is and how he relies, as you say, on those one-handed heavy swings along with a lot of force trick and manipulation. Um, And two as well, I think it was a nice parallel to A New Hope where Vader, uh, we saw Obi-Wan running away so much in this and then we know in A New Hope that towards the end he just goes right up to Vader and stands there and lets him kill him essentially um, so I think it was a nice parallel between the two of like how far Obi-Wan has come in his journey of, of force and training like, and he's like okay it's my time to go I just need to face Vader and let him kill me this time rather than r- running away like I did the time before um, but I love the fight and I mean the whole fire pit oh. was just absolutely brutal I really didn't see it coming. Like I, I was genuinely shocked. Even when the fire was lit, I didn't even still expect it to get that brutal. And oh, it was hard. It was hard to watch. It was, but then again, I thought it was a nice parallel too as well because everybody says about how how badly you know Obi Wan has aged in between the time frame of you know the point of actors. I think doing things like this and showing that he's had a huge battle with Vader that has probably left him horribly scarred also plays into the fact that maybe it could help the, with the whole him looking so much older. So I, I enjoyed the tie-ins with A New Hope this episode a lot. I think there was a lot of subtlety tie-ins, which I really enjoyed throughout the entire fight. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was I mean, definitely brutal. <laughs> I mean, I think we saw enough... We, I think we all had enough of Vader being a bit brutal, but that was just... <laughs> the fact that he was like, you would suffer as, like, basically as I have. And it's just like, a little, again, a little... Little reference to Revenge of the Sith of like how the reason why Anakin burnt was because of Kenobi, and so he thought, I'll give you a little taste of how I felt. Yeah, but the thing, the thing I didn't like a lot about the Kenobi is when, um, Tala is it or Tara? She broke Kenobi's promise of letting Leia, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> letting, mm-hmm. let, letting Leia go. I mean, it's a bit silly considering, like, it's a 10 year old girl, no matter how smart she is. as like you wouldn't leave a ten-year-old girl to run to a ship, considering there was inquisitors about. Because I'm sure the inquisitors would eventually figure out where they're going at some point. Because they're not stupid. But all I can say, at least the running was better this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think for me, the only negative of that episode, and I don't know what your opinion was on this, Jonah, but I I wasn't a big fan of the loader droid or droids. Because they were meant to be these sort of non-speaking, mechanical, heavy-lifting droids. But you could clearly tell that they were just people in suits. It, it didn't give off enough droid vibe to me. Like, I was watching it, and that bit with the hammer, you can like clearly see the, like, the hand <clears throat> like yeah. grasp it, and fingers move, and the whole body movement. I was a bit like, I, I could have probably done with a more of a droid or even just make it a sort of a like a mute labor worker you know instead of having to do a big heavy sort of 
droid in a suit. But apart from, like, I wouldn't say they ruined the episode for me. I still think <laughs> yeah. it's a hell of a good no, episode. I, I agree with that, actually. It was my first thought when I saw the droid. It was my initial thought when I saw it. I was like, oh, that's, that is a little bit too many a suit. I enjoyed the overall aesthetic of the droid. I thought, like, the way it looked was fine. I had no issue with that. Um, as you say, it was just the movements that sort of took you out of the fantasy a little bit when he was moving about. Um, and I think we'll see him again for from the trailer. We see him shooting some form of yeah. gun and some sort, some sort of rifle. So I believe we'll see him again at some point. Whether he, he could be the saver of Leia, perhaps. Maybe he's going to be down that tunnel and we'll be going after Reva and shoot Reva and give that enough time for Leia to escape and run back down the tunnel. Who knows? But... Um, definitely he's going to be at least in the next episode i believe or not we'll see so what would you give a rating out of 10 then oh that's a hard one i feel like obi-wan is a little bit harder to rate because i was speaking to this about uh, to a friend as well i feel like obi-wan's a little bit harder to rate in terms of episodes compared to something like the mandalorian because the mandalorian episodes seem to stand alone that bit better you know they're complete yep. stories um, whereas Obi-Wan is definitely, you know, a six-part story. Every story leads into each other, as we know. But I mean, da- I mean, I can't really give it anything less than, like, at least a good nine or a ten. I love this <laughs> so much. Yeah, I'd agree. Oh, I'd but... say for, like, if we were giving it a rating in terms of, like, enjoyment and excitement and happenings in the show, I'd give it a nine out of ten. Yeah. I think if, if the show, even, even if the show was bad, I don't think we'd... We wouldn't dislike it because we get to see all our favorite, all our basically. Our, it's almost like our role models when we were younger, looking up to yeah. these guys. But I think the fact that Deborah Chow and like the writers and everything, they've just nailed everything. They've given us given us what we want as a Kenobi show. We want to see the pain and suffering Kenobi. We want to see Darth Vader. We want to see Hayden. We want to see Anakin. We want to see everything to do with that timeline. And I don't think I, I don't think even with the little silly stuff like in the running and all that, I don't think you can rate it anything lower than a nine, unless yeah. you're being unless you're being petty. Yeah. Right. But I. Yeah, I'm looking on. forward to the rest. I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. I think I'll be watching this for a long, long time. Yeah. So. Right. Well, let's. I think we should get into our guest host a little bit more. <laughs> So, yeah, so we, yeah, we we talked about your favorite your favorite merch or anything that that's very valuable to you. Yes, well, as if you're watching this video, you see I have quite a lot of different merchandising, and unfortunately, that is only a small portion of my collection. <laughs> um, but I did pick one item in particular, and it is my Boba Fett cap, which is signed by Jeremy Bullock, the original who played. Boba Fett and this is just so special to me one because the hat itself was bought from Walt Disney World and it was one of my first trips ever and it was bought during they used to do these things called Star Wars weekends and actors would come and there would be stage shows and it was all before Galaxy's Edge and it was before Disney had even bought Star Wars and so I loved those weekends so much because you saw so many amazing characters and everything else and then one of my first ever Star Wars conventions I went to I believe it was around 2000 and I think it was around 2011. 
and it was a very small sort of local convention. There wasn't very much to do. There was a few actors there and um, a few toy vendors there, but we had such a good time. Me and my best friend Callum went, we had such a blast. And I got Jeremy to sign my hat and he also signed a few other things for me and I have a picture with him. But this is just one of those items, like a lot of these items, you know, they're mass produced and you could technically go out and buy them again if you hunted hard enough. But this is something that I really don't think you could ever buy again so it's very near and dear to my heart for that reason i think it's the fact that you've you've got it personally from yourself because like you said you can you can buy like signed stuff online i think but the fact that you've gone and had it signed and you've experienced it yourself i think that makes it more meaningful yeah i, I want to try and get some more signed stuff i have a few bits and pieces about i have one of these which is one of my favorites too which is at that same convention um, Tim Rose, who plays Admiral Akbar, and unfortunately you can't see it because of just how the camera is, but it does say on it, "Run, Jonah, it's a trap," and I think that is a really Brilliant. cool little souvenir to have. But these are the only two from all the collection. These are the only two signed items I really have, and as you say, having something signed just makes it that so much more personal. So I would love to try and go to more conventions and get more pieces signed. Yep, yeah, I think uh, Rory, what would you say is your iconic or favorite piece in your little collection well i for me personally obviously this is not my room it's my brother's room so shout out to my brother for letting me use his room <laughs> but obviously i didn't take a picture but my one of my my private sessions is my photo with hayden and his autograph because obviously when i went when i got there i was, I was just so nervous because i've never been to a comic-con event so i was like what do you do what do you say and then the fact that I spoke to him, I felt so natural with him. He was, he was so like, he was such a humble bloke. And I, I think I actually remember, him, remember saying to him like, "Oh, when's Disney? When's Kenobi series coming out?" And he was like, "Well, you know, they don't tell me these things." And I'm thinking, "You're lying to me. You, know, you, you definitely know." But then the fact that he, he's asked me for one of my, the quotes, like, uh, what, "What quote do you want to quote with your photo? I mean, your autograph?" And I was like, "So I've got Mustafa, and I think the best one would be." You underestimated my power, and he was just it. The fact, like seeing him then and actually having a photo with him as well, it was just like I've actually witnessed this myself, and I can know I can treasure that for a long time in my life. Definitely. What about you, Will? Well, Rory already knows this, and he's a little bit jealous of this one. I must be honest. And to me, I uh, whenever I see it, I smile. Um, one of basically my favorite character in uh in all of star wars is uh captain rex i love captain rex i i just everything about him is just so good and i've just got into um collecting sort of like funko pops and stuff and i was very lucky enough to... Oh, do you have the flipping Funko Pop of Captain Rex? Oh, I'm so yeah. jealous. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Now, if you can't see on the, if you're listening to this, I have a Captain Rex Funko Pop, which was only available at the 2018 New York Fall Convention. And I was very lucky to get my hands on it. I haven't even brought myself to get it out of the protective little casing on the box. And I, I, I won't, I can, but whenever I walk into my room, I smile because it's like the first thing I see. And yeah, I, this is like my pride and joy in my collection. 
and, and and guys, if you, if you even if you're listening, you could probably see hear me hear hear my, mine and Jonah's heart breaking right now <laughs> because it's one it's one of the most valued Funko Pops, and I think I almost got it at one point, but then didn't think goes a plan, and I'm still paying for it now. So when I get a chance to, <laughs> I will be buying one. I'll, I'll pay whatever, do whatever it costs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jonah, so another thing that you sort of made a rare was your favourite clone group was the 332nd Ahsoka's lot. Mm-hmm. Now, why is this Why is this Legion? Well, this Legion was a division of the 501st that was broken off into a section due to Ahsoka needing help to go and fight in the Battle of Mandalore and the Siege of Mandalore. And one of the reasons, I mean, the 501st is technically probably my favorite because I would class the troopers in the 501st um, as well. But it is, I don't think, as an Ahsoka fan, I mean, I'm literally wearing one of my Ahsoka jerseys right now. It's <laughs> my favorite thing ever. Uh, that moment where she returns and everybody's calling her commander and the doors open in season seven of the Clone Wars and she sees all of the troopers there with their newly fresh painted helmets. And she realizes that she never really left and they all still cared about her. It's just one of my favorite Star Wars moments of all time. And it's very hard for it to be beaten. And Anakin gives her her sabers there and she takes them into the Battle of Mandalore and they have this amazing, huge battle. But it's uh, it's just one of those Star Wars moments for me that especially because that was, you know, during the pandemic way back in 2020. And you know, when Clone Wars was premiering, I think all of us was so happy to have something to look forward to week on week. And that moment in particular was just so special to me. And from loving the 501st to realizing that, you know, a part of them went with Ahsoka in the end and stayed by her was just amazing. I think the main thing with obviously with Star Wars playing was, I think we were all getting the how season six ended. And but then, yeah. then you've seen season seven, it's just like, it just made us even more emotionally attached to these characters. <laughs> and like I said, with Ahsoka, I think that we re- obviously I think we were all heartbroken when Ahsoka decided to leave the Jedi Council, but actually seeing her and then we see Anakin still like, in this, it's almost like disbelief he's fine, he's, she's still alive and she's there. But like, I feel like Ahsoka's trying to avoid that emotional attachment. That's why she's yeah. almost like being a bit blunt to him. And Anakin's yeah. like, well, what did I do wrong? kind of thing so i think he's still emotionally confused with ahsoka's relationship with him then like does she think does he think does she think that he's betrayed her by not coming with her or it's all and then like i said when the, when is the clones actually she's probably one of the, the trooper one of the jedi or force users that people clones actually fully respected because i think they all respected all the all the jedi and everything but i think if anyone was so genuine, it would have been Ahsoka. Definitely. And they grew up with her as well, especially the 501st. You know, they saw her when she was quite little and went by Anakin's side, and they grew up between the whole Clone Wars and everything else. So I think they definitely had a stronger bond. And she was known to hang out with them, you know, after the battle had ended. So they, she made time for loads of different clones. And her and Rex obviously has a very famous relationship together and a, an amazing friendship. So um, I think she just definitely was one of those characters that just made sure to reach out to the clones. Yeah. No. So shall we? Shall we get on with this with the next bit? So yeah. obviously, 
we obviously want to talk about the sequels. Obviously, we know you, Danny, you, you're quite <laughs> you're quite a fan of the sequels. I love the sequels. And then some people don't really like sequels. So yeah. So the question we we probably want to ask is like, what do you like? What made you drawn to the like, sequels? Like, what like what did you like so much about it? I think no matter what form of anything I watch or read or anything else, I'm always drawn to characters and character development. I think that's part of the reason why I love Ahsoka so much because I literally grew up with the character. And I think one of the sequel's strongest points is the actual characters themselves, the character of Rey Skywalker, Ben, Poe, the you know, the sort of advancements they make on Princess Leia. I, I just love the characters so much. And listen, I understand people don't like them and people have very fair criticisms of them, especially when it comes to the writing and the overall story of the three, of the saga. Um, but for me, it is the characters that drive my love for the overall sequel trilogy because I just think they're absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I think my, my, me personally, like with Ray's writing, I didn't like and I, I like when I when I watched The Force Awakens, I so wanted to. I, I, I don't get me wrong. I don't dislike the character. I, I I'd like the character in the Force Force Awakens. I'm thinking, oh, this is the character I'm I'm intrigued to. But I just think the writing for me, I just didn't didn't agree with it. Cause even with the, the Last Jedi, I didn't agree with. I understand why people liked Luke's betrayal. I mean, Luke's of the Matt Hamill's betrayal of Luke Skywalker. But for me, it just it's not what I wanted. And I'm not saying it's not what they want. It's not what they should have done. It's just not what I wanted Luke. Because obviously we've seen Luke being Luke. And it, it kind of, in a way, it kind of should what he does. But at the same time, it doesn't. But I think for me, Force Awakens was probably my favourite. Because it was like, I oh, ain't seen Star Wars in what, 10 years? I don't know if it, that's a guess. So I'm like, okay, we get to see uh, some new characters, some old characters. And even, I think, Finn, he was, I didn't think he get, got enough um, respect as a character than other people should have and I think seeing Finn as a rogue storm first order trooper to come a Jedi was the perfect story I agree I agree and I hope to see Finn take on the role of a Jedi someday in the future because the character completely deserves it. I mean flip even Lego Star Wars are doing it in their animated shows <laughs> like it's time that the sequels <laughs> and everything live action catches up and delivers on that uh, aspect of the story because it makes complete sense and his character was definitely shafted between almost each film which was so upsetting to see yeah you uh, know it was like if you watch him in Force Awakens he's volunteering to go to Starkiller base to go rescue uh, Rey because he wants to help and he really wants to save her but then, you know, in Last Jedi, they make it out that they're under it. They're in a little bit of a difficult position. And he wants to sort of jump ship and get away. And I was a little bit like this. I don't think this is what Finn would have wanted to do. But <laughs> yeah. what would you say your favorite moment in the sequels is then? Oh, just in the sequels? That is a good question. I think my favorite my favorite yeah i think my favorite one is uh in rise of skywalker which is even probably more polarizing than any of them which i adore uh in the final battle at exegol when um lando and Chewie come in and poe find everything is absolutely at a loss and there's no hope left at all 
and Lando comes in with Chewie and the whole saying is there is more of us and everybody comes in and the music rises and it's a classic theme and it is one of my favorite Star Wars moments of all time because I think it encompasses everything that Star Wars is about which at the end of the day to me is about hope and perseverance and I think that scene just does it so beautifully within a matter of seconds and it brings back one of the most iconic characters Lando and Chewbacca as well and the classic music to go along with it and I just think it is absolutely I love that theme so much. What's your favourite film out of the three? Rise of Skywalker, for sure. I love the Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker would probably be, and people batter me online for 24-7, but uh, Rise of Skywalker, I think, is my second favourite Star Wars film overall. Um, and, and my ta- It's number two. And I always love the, I love a good finale, so Revenge of Sith is my first, Rise of Skywalker is my second, and then Return of the Jedi is my third. Um, I just love that film so much. It is one of the perfect films to me. And I know so many people don't like it, but to me, it's just amazing. I think my yeah. favourite scene in the sequels is, again, Rise of Skywalker. And I think it's, for me, it's because of the moment. I, I'd i never forget this. I went and watched Rise of Skywalker in cinema. And it's the bit where Kylo goes to Exegol for the first time. Oh. And yeah. I was sat there in the cinema, and I hear, my boy. <laughs> and when you hear that Palpatine sort of deep echo voice, like, sort of echo round the cinema screen, I, I sort of had goosebumps, because I was just like, we're seeing Palpatine again. But it was just like, that whole that whole bit just sort of gave me a little bit of goosebumps. So for me, that's my favourite scene in the, in the series. What about you, uh, Rory? Yeah, I I'd like a few of them. I like the fact that um, in Force Awakens we see Han and Chewie, and and then Han goes, "Chewie, we're home on the Millennium Falcon." I mean, that that just shows whoever's watched the originals just just see how much it, that ship means to both of them. And obviously, seeing Solo, we see how he gets it as well. But I would I would I would say realizing I think the one of the best things. I liked, and what I would prefer been better as well was obviously when Ray was was obviously being communicated by the Force with some with certain Jedi, and I think someone remade it where the Jedi were behind her, all the Jedi characters are behind her when she's fighting um when she's challenging um Palpatine, and I think if we saw the Jedi on the back as well, I think that would have been so awesome to see, because even though we we know the Jedi are behind Ray. At the same time, just seeing them all together, we could show how how strong Palpatine is, even even though he's weak. That Ray needs all all the Jedi behind us to, to support her. But I think the the worst line I'd say about Rise of Skywalker when Poe was like, somehow Palpatine returned. <laughs> I mean, I think it could have been a better it could have been a better line. Jonah, what do you somehow... think about that? What do you think about that line? I don't take much issue with it, and I understand how people do, because it, I can see how it's a cheesy line. I personally really enjoy the return of the I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, my issue with it, and I can see from a point of stand of a casual fan, is I think it's not a great thing when you have to do a lot of digging for it to make sense. So as a big Star Wars fan, in my head, I completely understand why Palpatine has returned. And to me, it actually makes a lot of sense that he would be cloning himself and he wouldn't just simply let himself die. That makes a lot of sense to me as a character. But I think 
the the fall for it was not that it wasn't that Palpatine shouldn't have returned. It was that they didn't explain properly why he did return. I think that was the 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 failure of of the movie. Really, I think I think the main thing as well. Obviously, like you said, obviously we knew if anyone knew Darth Plagueis, his his main thing was decline himself when he died. But obviously, Palpatine, he got it from Plagueis, so he knew how to definitely do it. But I don't think Palpatine realized that he needed needed like a a bloodline to make him stronger. I don't think cause he, he he was still weak as a clone, but he was still really strong. But to reach the full power of being a clone, I think he didn't realize he needed the bloodline of Ray to to get the full the full ultimate power. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I don't think people realize why Palpatine's return made sense. Yeah, because like I said, like, whoever whoever knows Star Wars quite well knows why his return made sense, but. Like you said, I get why casual fans don't appreciate that. I I just think, like I said, I think I think that line was a cheesy line. I think I just think they could do something better. I had a better line from that. That's that's my only downfall of that. Yeah, I I even think like the whole thing of Ray's father being a clone of Palpatine just you know wasn't entirely well explained either. So yeah. um there's a few facets I think they definitely it doesn't change the fact that I adore it because I do adore it but I definitely can I can understand when people have grievances with the film because there was obviously issues. <laughs> uh yeah well how about we do ship of the week Rory um Jonah you've got a ship for us haven't you? I do you know I believe you might have talked about it already but my ship of the week which is my brand new obsession is the Naboo and one starfighter but the Mandalorian version. Okay. Um, I am a huge. I know we've just been talking about the sequels, but I am a huge prequels fan. It is what I grew up with. It is um, my favorite era in total of the Star Wars universe. And so, you know, the Naboo Starfighter was obviously so. It was just so grandeur to see it on screen. the The whole plot of the prequels was that you know George wanted to, to have this almost. 40s, 20s feel, super grand, super gold, very luxe. And I remember seeing the Naboo Starfighters for the first time and thinking they looked absolutely amazing. You know, they were constructed by the Naboo Naboo security guard system and it was meant, obviously, as transportation for the security guy. So it was never anything extraordinary. But as a prequel fan, to see it come into, well, I guess it technically came into the Book of Boba Fett, but really, you know, Mandalorian. And to see the process of, you know, just taking something from the past and making it fresh and new to fit the the character of Mandalorian was, I just love almost innovations like that. And to see him and um, uh, Pally, I believe, is NG called Pally, the, the um, what do you call it? I think it's Pally, but the him and her working on it and yeah. the Book of Boba Fett was just absolutely fantastic. And I, and, Oh, I died off when I seen it. And I was like, <laughs> I need that in Lego. And then Lego came out the next day with the set, and I was like, okay, Brit, I'm having it, and I pre-ordered it. Since. <laughs> I'm still waiing for it. It hasn't come quick enough. Um, but I loved how they modified the droid spot to be a space for Grogu. I think that yeah. was entirely adorable. How he completely stripped it and made it silver. The whole story about it being small and fast, and the the contrast between that and the Razor Crest. Although I missed the Razor Crest loads because it was a beautiful ship as well. Um, but I just I I love this ship because of the sort of meaning behind it. 
in the sense that Star Wars isn't, isn't afraid to sort of be referential and go back in itself and, you know, reference what once was, because I think sometimes they are bad for that and they want to move forward a lot. But there's so much us as fans love to see and love to connect the dots. And I think this was just such a cool connected off moment that I'm just so excited to see it. And I'm doing him a little baby Grogu flying about in the place. <laughs> Yep. Is what what I love what I love about that ship as well. Obviously, like you said, they they met they they built it for Grogu to come onto that ship. It's almost like Mando knew Grogu was going to return, and I think that's what made oh, yeah. it more. That's what made it more special that he made even though he's gone with Luke, he still deep down know that Grogu belongs to him now, belongs with him. Yeah. And obviously, at the ending of of the 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 book of Boba Fett, we see him flying. He's absolutely loving the speed. It's just so <laughs> yeah. it's so 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 good to see. I think one of my little favourite bits of that ship is when he comes back from the test flight and she goes, how is it? And he goes, wizard. <laughs> wizard. Yeah, that was amazing. Such a good I really enjoyed there. hearing that. Yeah. I think that's a good ship. I think you've chosen a really good ship for this. I think that, I think no matter what, even the prequels and everything, like that ship would always be remembered as one of the iconic ships, but then now Mando's made it more more iconic. Yeah. That's true, he has, because it's, I mean, casual fans who don't know it that well will start to refer to it as Mandalorian ship again, you know, like just like <laughs> they did with the Razor yeah. Quest. So it'll maybe get erased in that way. But I remember on Twitter, the day the episode came out, I was working and I didn't get to see it straight off the bat as soon as it had dropped. And I had seen on Twitter a picture of the ship. And, but somebody had titled it very elusively and didn't say, oh my goodness, this is Mandalorian's new ship. They had, titled it as if like it was concept art and somebody had done it up as like a joke and i was like oh my goodness wouldn't that be amazing i would absolutely love if they've done something ridiculous like that and brought in an old ship that he fixed up i think that was such a good idea and i didn't even believe it when i'd seen it from my eyes the first time and it came in the show and i was like oh my goodness it is perfect. such a good callback yeah definitely i think we're, we're definitely going to see a lot more of it in uh, season three which yes. i can't wait for so guys, we've got the Troopers of the Week, so I think Jonah, I think since you're the guest host, we'll let you start with your Trooper of the Week. Okay, wonderful. Um, I'm going to uh, give a little shout out to my good friend, uh, well his internet name I guess goes by Scotty Holiday too. Um, they are an absolutely amazing person and they have been such a good friend to me. Um, they do Star Wars videos, they're on Star Wars Twitter, they have an Instagram um, they lead with a queer perspective, which I really obviously enjoy, and they do amazing little deep dives into different uh, pockets of the Star Wars universe that they really think are important. And um, they just started up doing their YouTube channel again. And, and I think that's really nice, a nice little shout out there. Rory, who you got this week? Hey, I'll, hang on, I'll get his name up again. Bear with me. Do you want me to do my. Oh, Oh, you got no, I've got it. His name is Polsky Hazar. I mean, I discovered on TikTok. I think he's just he got a nice, cool Stormtrooper cosplay. There's some good ones, and I think I seen yesterday, this morning, shall I say, um, when um Darth Vader obviously was in episode three, he he got his helmet on and said, "Vader, Vader turns me on." I don't know, fair play. <laughs> I think I think he turns us all on. Just seeing that mask on, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> But um, even one thing I'm more jealous of is the fact that um, he's got the the droid ship of um, Kulakan. 
So obviously, I don't oh, know if you've seen it, Jonah. Yes. Oh, okay. I did see that. I went yeah. straight on to eBay to see if I could flip and find that thing. I love old prequels merchandise and yeah. stuff. Like, it's my favorite. I couldn't believe it. And I said, I was very jealous. So, Polsky Hazar, um, let, let us know where you got that from because I think <laughs> me, Will, and Jonah definitely want to buy it. So, but it's just done some decent videos with Stormtrooper cosplay, and I thought cosplay don't get enough credit. So, he's my trooper of the week. Another good choice. Uh, mine was a little bit late in terms of finding it. Uh, I tried to get in touch with him, but he goes by the name on TikTok as Star Wars Fact Guy, right? And he comes out with some really interesting videos and content. Uh, he did a video, uh, pretty sure it was last night or this morning, uh, where he talks about all the Jedi that were written on the wall uh, during that scene in episode 3 when Kenobi mentions Quinlan uh, and he mentions like two of them all of them are sort of in legends and they've been brought into canon I thought it was just a really clever and interesting you know pickup for him to actually look at the Arabesh translate it and then find out the characters and I was yeah, I was pretty impressed so, Star Wars Fact Guy, you are my Trooper of the Week. So if you're listening, yeah. if one of his fans are listening, and tell him that he's our Trooper of the Week. Yeah, I, I think another, another guy you're talking about, yeah, I do like reading his, his, his TikToks, so I think we've got three good, worthy Trooper of the Week. So, yeah. congratulations yes. to everyone. But before so, we continue, I do want to read out uh, a little surprise for this person. So, if you guys remember, my trooper of the week last week was a guy called Clone Trooper Cam. Now, I played him the, I've sent him the link to the episode. He's got back in touch and said he's loved it. And then I received this message from him saying. I just finished listening to the new episode. I was literally smiling the entire time you guys were talking about your Troopers of the Week. Your shout-out has genuinely been one of the best things I've had happen to me since starting my TikTok page. Please know you are always welcome to reach out to me, and I'm 100% keen to support your podcast or help in any way possible. You guys rock. Now, I wanted to say that message because that put a massive smile on my face when I was reading that because this is the whole point we do Troopers of the Week. We want to share these guys out there for their amazing content, their amazing work that they do in terms of just having fun with the franchise. And I, I know Rory was saying this was such an amazing message to receive as well. And... Yeah, Cam, I know you're going to be listening because I'm going to be sending you the link for this. So, well done, Cam. We can't wait to work with you in the future. I promise you that. And, it, <laughs> and it's like, like with all the Troopers of the Week that have had the decency to messages and listeners back, even with you, Jonah, we obviously, we appreciate you obviously joining the podcast, but especially having a, a nice time to listen to our podcast. And we, we gave you recognition because we feel like you deserved it. So it's always good to hear you come back to us and appreciate what we do for you guys. I appreciate it so much as well. Right. 
Time for a little bit of fun now, isn't it? Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, so, what we, we, me, Will and Jonah, with, um, we talked about before we did this, um, we're going to take it in turns to a 30-second timer, obviously. Guess the Star Wars character, so it's either a yes or no question, so I'll pick it. So, Will, you do Jonah, Jonah, you do me, and then I'll do you, Will. And like I said, so, for example, I'll go, if Will goes first to ask Jonah questions, 30 seconds, I'll time the 30 seconds, and then at the end of the 30 seconds, they get a chance to do a lifeline question, so Jonah can ask me a question, ask me to ask a question for Will that could possibly help him or possibly not help him. Could be a completely useless question, but <laughs> we just thought we'd have a little bit of fun since it's getting close to the end of the podcast, so we thought we'd have a little bit of fun with Jonah, so... Let me know when you're ready, Will. To right, so, so who, wait, what? Who's going first? So I'm, so I'm thinking of a character, and Will's going to guess who I'm thinking of. Okay, so I've got thirty seconds to ask as many questions as I can. Okay. Let me know when you're. Let me know when you're ready, Will, and then I'll start the timer. Right, I'm ready. Let's go. Male or female? Female. Uh, Jedi. No. Uh, bounty hunter. No. Princess. No. <laughs> um Sith. No. Uh Second. I feel like she she has some royal tendencies in her. She's not a princess, but she has leader has a link to some some higher up people. Poli- politician. Yes. Mandalorian. No. Time, oh. time. Oh, damn it. Um, so <laughs> I think I'm going to need a lifeline here. So I can ask Rory for a question, right? Yeah, so you can yeah. ask me a, ask me a question to ask Jonah. Right. Rory, please can you ask a question to Jonah? Okay, so was she based in the, in the Clone Wars timeline? No. Ooh. <sighs> <laughs> so, so Will, do you have an idea or? Um, right. I thought I had an idea for a little sliver, but then that just went out the window. I'm gonna go for. I think I have an idea, but I'm not sure. Okay. I'm gonna take a random one. guess. Uh, Mon Mothra. No. Was it Jonah? Please tell us. Harris and Dula, the oh, rebels. Oh. <laughs> See, that's what I was thinking. She was. I, I was thinking it, but I weren't too sure. I think I was thinking of someone else as well. But Charles and Dula is a politician, isn't he? He, she, he's not a, he's not royalty. He's some form of politician yeah. for Ryloth. He's not. Yeah, he's he's like a connection to Ryloth. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Um, freedom he's fighter. Not like king. Yeah, he's not like King of Ryloth or anything, I don't believe, but there's like a higher up connection. I just couldn't, couldn't link it in my head what it is, but uh, I knew there was some form of connection, but I love her. And to see her in live action soon for the Ahsoka show, can't wait. Right, so who's next? Uh, I don't know if you want to go Will first. Do you want me to guess first, or do you, do you want... So you, you want, want to guess... guess you want to guess my character? Yeah, I feel like I want to guess your character. Okay, right, I've got one, so... I'll start. So when you're ready, I'll start the timer. Okay, you ready? Right. I'm ready. Go. 
Is he a bounty? Are they a bounty hunter? No. Are they in the Clone Wars or? Yes. The secret Clone Wars. Okay. Is it a Jedi? Yes. Um, has he been mentioned in the Kenobi show? No. Has he been killed in Execute Order Sixty Six? Yes. Was it a Jedi we saw in the temple? No. I know. I think I'm not. I'm not going to say it. I know what you're going to do, Will. I'm, I refuse to I say it. I know who it is. <laughs> I mean, Jonah, would you, like, Rui, would you like Jonah to ask you a question? No, I, I, I want Jonah to say the name. I'm not going to say it. So, Jonah, can you please tell me the name? Because I know we both know. I'm not going to say it. No. Any, any ideas? Any ideas? Yari Jonah is correct. It was Kiari Bundy. No. I'm correct too, but I refuse to say the name. I told you. No, no, I see, see, I'm not accepting that point from Ruri because he wouldn't say it. As soon as I said Order 66, I knew exactly who you were going to say. All right. it, gonna, it, it wasn't working. All right. What about if I do a serious one then for you, Ruri? One more. I'll do one more like a proper one because I, no, I, I just knew you wouldn't say it. I'll take the win. I'll take the win. Me and Jonah win that again. So, <laughs> I made the game up. I changed the rules. <laughs> so thank you, Jonah, for saying the name. I appreciate that. Well, Jonah's the winner. We're, we're both the so winners. Somebody's night or? Yeah, you've got to guess mine now, yeah. Okay. Okay, let me think of one. Okay, go. When you're ready. Jedi or Sith? Sith. Uh, male or female? Male. Are they in the Clone Wars? Yes. Um, are they men? Say again, sorry? Are they human? No. Um, okay, I think... Is it Darth Maul? Is that your final answer? Sure, why not? I was actually thinking of Savage Press. No! Oh. <laughs> I was half right or half right. Yeah. I, I was thinking, like, I, I was thinking at first, I was like, Darth Maul was like, you know what, I'll go Savage Press because people, not people tend to forget about him, but people think, oh, yeah. Darth Maul. So I, was, I was just trying to trick you, but I hope... I've, yeah, I've, you I've... got me a trick then. But... Right, I'm going to do a fair one now. So this is for both of you, okay? So this oh, is okay. going to be a character, and you're both going to have to work out who it is, okay? And this will decide well, okay. the winner. Okay. Okay. So hey, let me know when you're ready. Let me know when you're ready, and I'll start the timer. Hang on, let me get. Let me just make sure I know my stuff about this character. I don't <laughs> want to get it wrong. Um... Right. So sh shall we? Shall we and Jonah take it in turns to answer a question? You can take it in turns to answer a question. So okay. we'll start with Jonah, then Rory can answer, ask a question, then back to Jonah. Okay. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Male or female? Male. Were they in the Clone Wars? Yes. Are they human? 
Yes. Are they Jedi? Yes. Were they killed in Order 66? No. Are they have they are they still alive to this day as we know it before the, a new hope? Yes. Do they have a green lightsaber? No. Did they leave the Jedi Order? No. Oh, I'll give it, give it, give it to the, after the show, and we'll give it to the, I'll have two more questions each, I think, then we'll go for it. Um, okay, um, did they ever turn to the dark side? No. Were they a master or a padawan at the time of Order 66? Master. Goodness, you're stumping me here. <laughs> it's a pretty good one, actually. It is a pretty good one. I'm trying to go through my head. He didn't die in Order 66. I, so are you, like, you going to have one question each again, or are you just going to have a stab in the dark each and see I, what happens? I think, I think we get one more question each, I think. I'll go for one more question then. Um, did he turn to exile or did, did he continue on being with the Jedi? Um, he didn't turn to exile. Did he exile? Exile, okay. Um, we said he was a Jedi, didn't we? Yep. Okay. Um... Do we see him in the originals or the prequels or <laughs> or the sequ se originals or sequels? Sorry. So original or sequels? Yeah. Yes, as in you see him. You see him. Right. I need guesses now. The only one I can guess is Obi Wan Kenobi. That's it. It's the only one who comes to my head. The other one I think of is Yoda. Is, is that your final answers? I think that's the only two yeah. I can think of. I'm surprised you guys didn't see it, but it's Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> that's what I said. I win. <laughs> Jonah wins. I mean, I, I, it's too obvious. I thought with the Kenobi show, I thought I had to <laughs> just. It was Zuni. It was Zuni often last. Like, I was like, there's no, there's no other Jedi who's a master who survived. <laughs> That we know. Well, Yoda of. did, but yeah, I think I thought I thought it was too obvious to be um Obi Wan, <laughs> but clearly not. I thought with the Kenobi <laughs> series, I was like, this I have to finish with this one. It's very fitting. So... Oh, guys, that that's it for the, today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I mean, Jonah, once again, we thank you for taking part and taking the time to join our podcast. We really appreciate it. And I hope yeah, you had fun. Thank you, man. Thanks for coming on. Oh, no, thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate it. I was so happy when you guys reached out to me because you've seen my TikTok and was the Trooper of the Week and everything. And I really appreciate that little bit of support. So definitely, I just really appreciate it. Yeah, and we're more than happy to have you on again at some point. Oh, yes, most definitely, hopefully. So from me, guys, um, see you later, guys, and may the force be with you. See you later, guys, from me, Will, uh, for the Republic. Bye, everybody. So fun to be here. <laughs>